All right, guys, welcome to the show. This is Jabber Gets Red Pilled episode. I think we're around 172, something like that. It is, uh, let's see, it is Monday, Tuesday, December 20th, in the quickly ending year of 2022. This is going to be a DGRP show, just Deborah and I and a guest. Guys, we're a value for value production. We are accepting time, talent, treasure, anything you got. We appreciate it. We uh, have some people who have donated recently, and we really, really appreciate it. Drew Misson, executive producer, um, Chris Trop, you know, all the normal guys. Um, thank you guys so much for all the all the support and uh, and our old friend uh, William Houston. He got in there and gave us uh, gave us a donation as well. I'll list everybody in the show notes for that. And um, yeah, we appreciate it, guys. I haven't uh, been all that excited about my um, performance on the show recently. And uh, people giving me words of encouragement really helps. So, Deborah, you're here. How's it I'm going? Here. It's going okay. Yeah. I like, you... I like your background. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm getting ready for my trip back to Babylon. <laughs> I've not been to California since February of 2019. And the day after tomorrow, I will be boarding a plane and headed to the Bay Area, where I will spend two days with my sister and my niece and nephew and my brother-in-law. And I will also be seeing my parents who I haven't seen in three years. So, yeah, see how that goes looking forward I'm having, to it. I'm having coffee tomorrow yeah with my mom uh-huh. yeah they, they apparently got a move are moving again to the bay yeah. area so yeah who knows you know maybe they'll just keep moving north you know next they'll go to medford oregon and we'll see them up they'll go to roseburg then they'll get up to eugene portland you know 12 years 13 years they'll be all the way up in columbia county who knows who knows yeah my parents are, uh, my dad is nearly 80 years old, and for some reason they feel the need to move every two years still. It's uh, beyond me because I am in the place that I hope that I die in many, many years, not not anytime soon. <laughs> so it's uh, it's nice to see you back on the show. It's been a while. You have been, without saying too much, your significant other had a medical procedure and you've been... Mm-hmm spending time mm-hmm. um taking care of him and yep. uh, that is very commendable getting him um, on the mend how's it going it's uh better yeah there's there's been you know it's just a slow go i i think the procedure he had is different for everybody and you know parts of it have been good and parts of it have been not so good but it's all you know progress moving forward that's good yeah it's yeah. uh the, the older you get the harder it is to recover so I'm, you know i'm in my early 40s and i'm feeling it pretty good so True but that. uh it's going pretty well out here on the farm it's been mm-hmm. uh been a busy christmas season i covered it on uh on our other show but we uh we slaughtered our little our little guy lyle 
Um, we hung them up in our neighbor in our friend's garage. And then yesterday I went back over after six days and uh, we butchered them up, cut them up, ground them up, did all of it. Uh huh. So I got two big legs out of him. I was more meat than I expected. I wasn't expecting much. We got Got about eight pounds of ground beef, got two legs, got two uh, big sirloin roasts. Not big, but good size. And um, yeah, last night I made the back straps and it was good. It turned uh -huh. out really, really well. And you made bone broth? I made lamb bone broth and man, it is, uh, I liked it. It's intense though. If you, uh -huh. do not, if you don't like the taste of lamb, 100% you're not going to get through a warmed up jar full of bone broth because it's it's pretty lammy uh. and, and he's uh he was pretty mild tasting we had those back straps last night and he was it's pretty mild it was really good and uh I ate his heart too for lunch a while back how'd so you cook it or did you chopped it up and put it in some butter garlic and white wine just yeah uh-huh it was good uh, i don't think you would have liked it it was pretty chewy yeah so, probably wouldn't probably yeah wouldn't. but um yeah so it went uh went really well and uh we did all that and then yeah just keeping those uh relationships growing mm -hmm. with people that i meet over at at the uh woman's house who i do it at who i did everything with it's really great she's a really great person so um, and then, uh, I think on Saturday I went up to, I went up the road a little bit and bought a new big Ram Katahdin hair, hair sheep. And, um, my neighbors have two Katahdin hair sheep ewes that they didn't want to, have to feed over the winter though so they asked if i would take care of them i could breed my ram with them and feed them all winter and then i get all the lambs and i'll just give it back to them in the in the uh -huh. summertime after they're born so they just they i felt bad i got him on saturday and sheep really need a friend to be with and he was all by himself since saturday so they brought their two over today and he seems really really happy now so now why why couldn't you put him in with your other sheep because then i'd have to go catch him oh okay yeah and you want to you want to keep him you want him to breed with the two new comers yeah i uh -huh. want two different lines because if yeah. they're all if there's just one line of everybody's got the same dad then i can't breed him again oh right yeah he's done i gotta either uh -huh. get rid of him or eat him um, so, and he's a, you know, as much of a jerk as he is, he's, I think a good one to have around because he's enormous. So this new guy is a jerk. No, the new guy's nice. He's really okay, uh, yeah, docile, and, docile and, and nervous. Yeah. My original Ram is a, is a dick. <laughs> so, but, uh, what's your big, big plans for Christmas? Not too much. I mean, we're keeping it real low key this year, not even putting up a tree. Yeah. We went to get a tree this, today and every, all the, all the tree farms are done. We didn't get on it early enough. 
Uh-huh. So, oh well. But we're going to make a leg of lamb and we'll see how I feel. I get home on Christmas Eve and there is liturgy from nine o'clock till about 3 a.m. with a potluck afterwards on Christmas Eve. I don't know if we're going to have the stamina to get back down to Portland to go to that, but maybe uh-huh. we're thinking about it. So from from nine, what time does it start? 9 p.m. Christmas Eve. To 3 a.m. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is, is that, is the timing significant? Is that? Well, I think it's like kind of the same deals with like midnight mass. Uh-huh. For, did you know that Catholics have midnight mass? So you go. I, yeah, I've, I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if there's any significant. There's always, um there's always a service called Matins or um vespers is called, is is on saturday night and the chronology of the church is weird um so the morning time is the morning the start of the day is actually like so the start of sunday is saturday evening in church time uh-huh so they have a service um at like 6 p.m. on saturday evening and then they have one pre liturgy like the divine liturgy on sunday morning is a big real big long one but the there's two hours before the actual one that like most people show up to some people show up for the whole thing but it starts way earlier than just the the regular one the regular one starts at 10 and usually and the other part starts at eight and it just continues until noon when they're done so some people Uh do the whole thing every week wow yeah wow but our guest is here. Let's uh, let's just let her in. Alrighty. And uh, yeah. Do you know who it is? Tes- Testimona. Yes. Tess, are you there? Okay. Ask to unmute. She's there. Okay. Right. There we go. Hey. <laughs> Hi. You're on, you're on the air. What's going on? Not much. How are you guys doing? We're doing great, guys. Tess from Great Silencing is back on the show. Happy to have you. How's it going? It is going well. I am just getting ready to actually get out of town for a little bit, so I'm looking forward to that. How are you guys doing? We're good. Doing uh, good. Where are you where are you headed? I am headed to actually visit some relatives in Hawaii. So I'm oh, going bummer. I'm going to <laughs> if I can get out though, because we have like sub-zero storms coming this way, and I'm supposed to be flying out the day it hits. So we'll we'll see if I make it out. But yeah, I'm hopefully. supposed to fly on Thursday and we're supposed to be like 19 degrees and snowy here. So we'll see if I get out too. So oh yeah. If I don't make it to California, oh well, you know. Oh, <laughs> he's so broken up about that. Yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, we're happy to have you back on the show and uh, hopefully we'll be a little more successful than last time. <laughs> I take full responsibility for that one, but we couldn't convince Deborah that that women should uh, defend themselves against violent attacks, but maybe we'll be do better this time. Um, what are we talking about today? So today, I think that what we had you know briefly touched on was the odd situation uh, going on right now between the genders, gender tension, gender roles, and by gender tension, I meant tension between men and women. 
Um, and you had also mentioned some stuff about progressivism and, you know, how that started and how it's going type of deal. So definitely a, a very much of a hornet's nest of a topic that I have been, uh, doing a lot of work on myself, just trying to unpack everything. Yeah. I would, uh, I would say progressive progressivism is progressing. Yes, it is. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of stuff is progressing at a very rapid rate right now. We're seeing a lot of, a uh, polarization and uh, it just seems like everybody's mad all the time. So I've been try I've been working on a side project uh with a friend that we're going to turn into a podcast about this. But um a lot of research has to be done outside of our own opinions first. <laughs> yeah, just uh what's it going to be about? Just gender, gender roles and what's what's going on and the history of it and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean history history and religion um are kind of the two things that I'm getting smacked in the face with the most just because basically what I'm trying to do cuz I know my life, my opinion, I know her life, her opinion, but we're just two people. So I I'm kind of trying to create some content that can help bridge the divide between these polarities that we're seeing because I'm seeing people on both sides and I I I feel like a lot of people are just not able to accurately express themselves for whatever reason. And that's what's creating a lot of maybe extreme behaviors or just anger in general. But yeah, what I I'm, so I've been talking to a lot of men have actually, um, you know, told me their feelings and their story, which has been super helpful, but I'm just trying to get people to, you know, especially ones that are not women or, or disagree with me and share, you know, what their thoughts are and what is their experience. Cause the whole thing that we're kind of staring at is what is going on with said masculine roles? What is going on with said feminine roles? How can we get it to where men and women aren't constantly trashing each other? And also what are those roles? Do we even know what they are? Where do they come from? And that's where the hornet's nest comes in for me. So I'm like, holy shit, now I'm having to do some massive deep dives uh and down multiple avenues and i'm just trying to structure it to where it's the content is not divisive i'm trying to like kind of put something together where you know maybe people on both sides can can see what's going on from a bird's eye view so i'm trying to leave my own opinions out of it and just really look at like what the fuck is happening right now because it is a bit of a dumpster fire yeah and it goes so far either back in time and just so many different factors that have like led us to exactly where we are. Um, Deborah and I did listen to this book on Audible. I forget what the name was. It was it was the guy that did the um. Remember that? Uh, let's see. It is called. Um, remember that one, Deborah? It's the yeah, the mass the mass psychosis one. Did you get into that book at all? You know that guy he was go uh I forget what it's called. I, I can't find it on my list. But there was Oh, a I would be very interested in that. Yeah. Um, there um was not a cult feminism, no. No, that was one of them. But there was also this one, um, the guy that went he was going on a lot of podcasts recently and he was talking about um the mass mass psychosis problem and he uh he put it a lot of it on on the role of kind of overbearing women these days. And that was, it's interesting to understand how kind of the, the COVID psychosis came a lot from 
from females and weak men and how, you know, that's kind of the plan. Is that kind of what you've been looking into? Um, I've been looking actually a little further back than that, but that, that is part of it. I think we were already a little dicey, but I mean, it's, it's, it's completely undebatable that humanity kind of fell off a cliff during the COVID psychosis. Um, that, um, I mean, Jesus. So no, I, I have gone back a lot further cause I'm trying to take this all the way back, which means I have to get into people's religious beliefs and also deal with the fact that a lot of our history is fucked up or censored or redacted or missing and try to piece that shit together and try to try to make connections. So I am going back further than the COVID stuff. Uh, but yeah, the COVID hysteria, um, yeah, I mean, I, I do, I, that's another angle that I'm coming from, which I know that you've read, um, you've read these documents, the ones that were used at the first Bilderberg, uh, meeting silent weapons for quiet wars, allegedly, right. Cause I wasn't there, yeah. but, uh, there is at the very end of that document, it specifically details how to emasculate men and you have to program women in a certain way in order to do it so then women without even knowing it become agents of this agenda and then men are also have their own shit that's being propagated toward them and the goal actually is to cut off the protective instincts of both male and female that way the children are left as in their words occupational orphans because uh part of their agenda was also getting both parents to work and so they basically the way that they were describing it it's, it's the most sociopathic shit i've ever read in my life but uh the way they were describing it as you know if the parents are essentially useless and we can take away their protective instincts and their ability to work together then the kids are totally open for our own indoctrination and then we can create you know think like an example maybe throwing some generic shit up but hitler youth 2.0 like Governments have absolutely used children to do some pretty fucked up shit. And so that's essentially what their point is, is to create new generations that are more loyal to the state than they are to their uh -huh. even own family. Yeah. And who who is the they just to just to make it clear for me? This would be the members of the Bilderberg group. Uh, there is a roster as far as who was present at the first one. Uh -huh. uh, you might and, and there's repeat people but obviously this was in uh like around the end of world war ii so I, I don't know that everyone is still alive but um you know a lot of this is family like blood like you'll recognize some last names so i can actually if you want i could pull that up or i could just send it to you after the podcast it's it's totally up to you but uh silent weapons for quiet wars was a military document used at the first Bilderberg meeting. So the Bilderberg group is who I would pay attention to. And that is a uh, international uh -huh. uh, group of people that are still in, uh, still kind of pulling all the yeah. things today. Yeah, so. yeah. Okay. Interesting. Oh, where did he, oh yeah. I'm like, where did he, he jumped off the I just saw, <laughs> it's like, he's gone. It's just the bridge now. <laughs> Interesting choice since he's, uh, not not as fond of California and the Bay Area as he used to be. But anyway, uh, back to the this whole, you, you think it goes back beyond even World War One, World War, you know, I mean, it has to go back further than that. 
Yeah, I, I, I do. I, and there's, and, but again, like I, I'm, I speak lightly on it now because until I have like actual things I can show you, it's just me talking, but I do believe that. And I also have seen that, but it is, it is ironically hard to wade through history beyond a certain point. It's like the information just becomes like more and more scarce. So it, it's just going to require a lot, but I also want to look outside of Western societies as well, because I mean, there, there is evidence of societies. I mean, even like say Cleopatra as an example, who was like running Egypt allegedly when she was a teenager. Again, I say that cause I was not there, but there are evidence of societies that were not um, structured in a either patriarchal or fraternal type of way uh but we don't have a lot of information on what that looked like so i'm trying to kind of compare the two because i think a lot of these reactions we're seeing on both sides is kind of the rubber band effect from something getting tilted out of balance one way so someone tries to overcorrect, but they kind of yank on the wheel too hard and then we just have another polar extreme and we're still out of balance and it's just different. And so it's like this weird seesaw that I think everybody wants to find a balance. So that's what I'm trying to do basically is like, where's the middle ground? Where's the unheard trauma on both sides? Where's the stuff that is not being heard because people are really angry and when everybody is really reactive, it's hard to hear what they're really trying to say because people get defensive, myself included. Um, it's it's not an easy topic for me to wade through either because I have to look at some stuff that's very disturbing to me. But, uh, you know, it's it just I mean, it is what it is. I guess we'll see what I find. Really, me and uh, one of my friends have met up a few times trying to work on it. And we think we're going to record every time. And it's like, nope, still not ready at all. <laughs> so we'll we'll see when it gets done, hopefully within a month. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard when you realize that you've you fell for it, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I fell for a whole bunch of stuff, hook, line and sinker. You know, I lived in the in the Bay Area and, you know, I was I was full on board. You know, I thought that uh, people that had kids were were evil and bad. And, you know, I thought that it was it's just it's crazy how far I've come to be from there. But um what have okay so i found that that book that i'm talking about is called the united states of fear and it's about uh it's by uh, mark mcdonald it's a definitely a good resource to check out um but what have you noticed in uh what made you first i mean it's not hard to, to see because of everything that's happening around us um what made you first start noticing or what's the biggest stuff that you've noticed going on today that we need to address first um you you mean in this context here yeah yeah well i mean when i first started noticing it um it was way before oh god it's such a rabbit hole so the first thing to me being like some shit's weird obviously i knew there was an imbalance you know against women by being a woman by the way that i the messages that i received growing up and also a lot of the sexual violence and the ramifications for just going through that as a child so i was aware that like you know there is a lot of fucked up shit that women go through but as i got older what kind of made me feel like 
society was going off the rails because I never felt like having relationships with men was difficult. And what I mean by that is like partnerships. Like I am somebody who, you know, typically is someone who's like in a long-term relationship. I, I was never really the person that just like fluttered around with random people. So I, but then I noticed, and this was right around COVID, I noticed like a weird shift and it seemed like people weren't able to connect and were like always at odds with each other, not opening up very, very weird, just odd. And I kept, so I would notice that and I'd talk to people about it. Right. And the thing that I would hear the most was, was just an overriding of men in general. And the statement would always be men are trash, fuck men. And for me, that that's not an acceptable, uh, answer to my problem. You know what I mean? Because like, I, I, that's, I mean, I, I like having men in my life and I, I, I think that they're fucking necessary the same way that women are like, that's crazy to just write off half the planet. So I was like, well, no, like that actually made me angry when I would hear that. So I would stop talking to certain people if I would have, you know, relationship problems or issues with dudes. Cause I'm like, I want to see what's going on clearly and, and have someone be able to play devil's advocate with me to see where am I out of, out of pocket or is it, is it the other person, but just the men are trash stuff. I'm like, where the fuck is that coming from? But where it comes from, I, I know where it comes from, right? It, it's just not helpful, I don't think, to, and that that's what concerns me the most out of all of this is if men and women, I understand there are people that don't identify as a gender. I'm not talking about gender roles. I'm literally talking about like the, the pe- people, right? Like everybody's born with certain parts. So that's what the fuck I'm talking about. Like we do need each other and we do need to work together. And it, if, as far as like, future generations are concerned obviously you need a male and a female to have children so we if we can't work together we're fucked and so are all the future generations so that's extremely concerning to me and then I would kind of pay attention to people and I would also talk to people and a lot of them were men and they would even tell me like what their hang-ups were and the shit that they were going through and it, it broke my heart honestly like on both sides there just seems to be such a um communication and understanding barrier on both sides and that's why i see such a uh, lack of harmony and ability to work together and it's just like it's just it's fucking sad like are people just going to be reduced to just like random hookups on dating apps and not capable (laughs) of relationships that have any function besides a distraction because i don't want to see that I don't want to I mean, see that. And I remember when that was not the case. So yeah, this I mean, does seem to be new. That's just that's just like one step along the way. The 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 goal is to have people with, with VR goggles on in, in cum pods. A hundred percent. With no human interaction. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and that's that that terrifies me. So that's why I meant this is such a fucking hornet's nest, because this issue I think is more part of like I guess you could refer it to as the the overarching agenda, um, specifically speaking, uh, societal automation and depopulation. Then I even realized, and I didn't until I started digging into it and being like, "Oh my God, there is there is virtually no area of human life as we know it that this does not touch in some way." 
So that's why this is, this is so intense. And I'm trying to be really careful about it because the last thing I want is to be like just another voice on one side. That's like talking shit about the other side, not saying that there aren't times when I fucking want to, cause there are, but I don't see that getting us anywhere except further apart, which is basic divide and conquer shit. But we are in a lot of fucking trouble if we allow that shit to happen. So at some point, you know, not everyone's going to get it. But if even some people can maybe reconcile, we can have a chance. But I feel like we're at a turning point of are we going to turn this around, work together and thrive and pull up out of the dystopia? Because we do need both both energies in order to do that shit. Or are we going to descend into dystopian, you know, bug pod you know oculus wearing living and have it just be end game for humanity and then what the hell is going to happen to the kids like that's a that's a big concern for me yeah i i um they just came out with with vr um these little pads and you can like if you got vr on and you put a body part over it you could like feel if you put your hand over it and you were like in the ocean you would feel water so that's just what? like the next step. So like people are going to like put their boners over it and stuff. And then, and then we're just going to, I mean, the technology is just going to keep progressing and progressing. Um, Deborah, do you ever remember a time when you kind of like realized a shift in society was taking place where traditional families or nuclear families, um, even though they're different, weren't being, promoted um there was a lot of talk about you know women who don't need men to raise children and stuff like that i don't remember specifically that but i do know you know you know when i was super young i just assumed i would be married and you know have a family and you know that was when i was really young but as i got older that was not of interest to me all through my late teens, early twenties, until I, you know, I was in my thirties when I got married and when I had kids and up until that time, um, all through my young adulthood, that was not in my orbit at all. Yeah, I mean, I was. had relationships that, you know, were, were long term, but it yeah. never, that wasn't the end goal for me at that the time. The end goal wasn't a uh, family with uh -uh. kids did you want did you want kids when I was younger yes but, but not as your, a young adult so in your 20s you were saying to yourself like it I just don't didn't it just didn't um no just didn't think it just didn't feel like that was my path yeah but it was but it, yeah and happily so I mean I, I you know my family my children are my greatest you know pleasure. yeah I'm glad you but, didn't get tricked all the yeah. way um but and and it was when i lived i mean i would never have put this together but it was when i lived in the city yeah and you were hanging out with a lot of like-minded people or yeah. oh wow that's a trip you were, I, hang, I was, you were I hanging was... out with a lot of what kind of men gay men yeah oh really yeah. when i when i moved I left college and, and moved to San Francisco. I was 21 years old. And I mean, you know, there, there's always your personal history that leads up to, you know, however you wind up. I, I never had 
male friends growing up. They, I just didn't. It just was not, I had women friends and I had boyfriends, but I didn't have really guys that I felt I could trust to be friends with. And so when I moved to San Francisco and I started, you know, working in retail industry, that was, you know, I was surrounded by gay men who were so fun and so safe and, you know, just felt really natural and, and fun and safe. And I did have boyfriends at this time, but, uh, yeah, I never had, I never had a guy friend until I, you know, started running around with gay men. Interesting. Cause yeah, I was actually going to ask you about that. Like wondering if, um, cause I know how the messages that I got as a young girl from, from, you know, my parents when I was really little about like, you know, how that happens. Like, this is what you should be or not be, you know, be, parents will do that kind of stuff. And so I was wondering, cause I know that I know what my grandmother said to my mom. Cause my grandmother is from Sicily, Sicilian woman, Catholic, like very, very traditional. Um, and so, she, you know, my mom obviously went a very different way. And so the way that the messages that I got were like polar opposite to what she was told. So I was, I was actually going to ask you, like, did you get any, um, like, what were the messages that you got, I guess, when you were young around, around being a woman or, or was that not really a conversation? Cause I'm, it didn't, cause I didn't come up a whole lot, but oh, really? I, I okay. mean, it di I did when I was like in high school and my mom, I, I never really had that much of a relationship with my father at that time, but my mom would say, you know, if you get into any trouble, we're just going to send you to Louisiana to the, you know, relatives in Louisiana. And that was like, huh, I don't want that to happen. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, I, I operated like I didn't even have a brain really, truly. I just <laughs> was dumb, was just plain dumb. I think it's about just just being yeah. young, you know, we're all dumb when we're young. We're all well, still. Yeah. Yeah. But it was like men were just a foreign thing. I just didn't have any, I don't know, just didn't want friends, male yeah. friends and didn't, you know, think that I had any value to men. Got it. Hmm. Definitely uh, a lot to unpack there. I'm not a therapist. <laughs> so. um, I, I just want to know, because I can like kind of remember, I remember hearing like Jennifer Aniston in somewhere in like the mid nineties, like talking about, you know, wanting to have babies and not needing a man to help her do it. And I wanted, I know somewhere along the lines that it changed to that. And, and then I think we're all, we're almost to the point where, if you grow up and you're not kind of from like a smaller town or a rural area, if you get out to the big city and there's nobody getting married at what, what used to be like the normal age of, you know, early twenties, having children before their thirties. Um, most everybody now, if you live in a city, you, the women wait too long and can't, can't do it. Or, you know, they move to the suburbs and do, IVF or something like that. So um, 
I think it's, uh, it's, I think, and I think all that's by design. I think that, but I don't know where I, I mean, we can look so many different places and say that it's, it's for, you know, uh, population control would be just a basic kind of a, you know, follow the, follow the trail way to look at it. But I think there's so much more to it. What do you think, Tess? I do think that, I mean, yeah, like you said, there's a lot to unpack and, I do think that I, I definitely think that there is more to it than depopulation because we've got, yes, we have that. And then yes, we do have a ruling class that wants, you know, a subservient statist loyal class, which would mean that you would need the parents to basically mean nothing other than breeders for the state. Like, but you, you do not want the children to have a, a bond or a loyalty with either parent. If you are the governing class and want control over the kids and their minds so you can have perfect soldiers and slaves so that's part of it too but i also and i'm wondering how much of this is human nature or us trying to work out imbalances or power struggles but it's like it it like it's so weird because it does boil down to a lot um whether it's historical events whether it's different cultures and their customs or, you know, certain people were alive through certain circumstances. So it made sense to have particular roles, but then maybe that changed. And then, you know, so it, it is really, really complicated. Like I, I would do better at probably commenting on more specifics because I'm still wading through, you know, the whole of it. And also the thing that pops out constantly at me, which I won't comment on it, but the thing that pops out is uh, religious and spiritual beliefs um of mo of many different kinds it's not just one uh have played a enormous uh role as far as influence and so i'm just kind of like well where is that coming from and what was it like before that was it still you know but there's i don't know it's it's so weird so i don't have like a a, a perfect you know one liner answer i just am realizing that this is so much more complicated than than even i thought it was and yeah. I think the religion um, aspect, the religious aspect ha has to play a huge part. I mean, we know that, you know, back in ancient times, it was more of a matriarchal society. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I, I I could be wrong about this, but this is the way I understand it when, you know, Christianity became uh, more uh, uh, adopted or whatever, uh, it, it turned more into a patriarchy. And maybe it was before that. I, I I just don't even know. But at one point it was, you know, the the females were the the religious masters, mistresses. Um, and then, you know, at at a certain point, it you know, they were called witches. They knew how to heal people. They, you know, it was some sort of uh satanic or, you know, bad thing instead of a good thing and um so do you, am i making any sense i feel like no I'm you know that's that's also my understanding to a lot of it as well um and it's like and i have to figure out if this was all of europe or just certain parts of europe but i do remember um reading that there, for a minute this was like back in the 1600s i believe i could be wrong but for some reason that's that was the era that it stood out for me where there for a time there was actually an issue with because of the uh wit the witch burnings and stuff because that people were just going from village to village 
that there was a issue with there not being that many women in in that part of the world because that was such a common practice. So it's like that's another thing that I've got to dive into and do I have some information on it already and some understanding? Yes, for sure. But I also want to I just want to keep myself as open as possible to so that way I can you know, absorb things that I don't yet know. And it's always a, a difficult game wading through religious texts or wading through history because it's like, you know, we're all aware that information is manipulated constantly. So it's like, like, even if we have something written down in black and white says this happened then, or that happened, then it's like, it, it can get maddening almost. Cause it's like, well, how, you know, do we really know? Or like, you know, who wrote this? Like, you mm-hmm. know, da, da, da. So that's why I have to like cross reference a lot, yeah. but yeah, no, you, you are making sense. I have, I have seen the same things. And then before that, it's like, well, what happened before that? I have no idea. Like I gotta go, like I, we gotta go, I, I'm trying to figure it out. You know, I don't know yet. And then the women's movement you know, it seemed like everything stayed pretty, um, you know, everybody played their roles, whatever they were, until like the 60s when the women's movement came. And then all of a sudden everything got thrown up in the air again. Yeah, it did. It did. And do you like, uh, do we know anything about CIA meddling and any of that kind of stuff? Because I did, I have seen oh, some yeah. stuff, but it was mo- more in reference to like the Woodstock movement. Yeah, um, I, I can't, that, I can't, um, I, can't, I can't say anything for s- certain or, or quote like specific documents. But in my opinion, the whole first wave women's feminism movement, or which whichever one was in the '60s, second wave, was fully an op, and uh-huh. all it did was it, it made women think that like, oh, to be to be empowered and to to reach your full potential you need to you need to do everything that a man does you need to be a man you need to go to mm-hmm. work and what happens deborah when when a woman what happens when a woman goes to work what does the government get money oh sorry <laughs> yeah. everybody another the whole other half of the population gets taxed right and yeah. then what else happens those kids are raised yeah. by people yeah. outside of the family. They go outside the state, and we're and like what I said earlier about progressivism, it just keeps going and going and going. And now we're seeing most places where it's like the state will take your wants to take kids pre preschool. It wants to take your kids at two two years old. You know, so two years old, the state's going to have your kids for ten hours a day. You know, until they're eighteen years old. I always think of. Um, in 1984 how he's got uh winston has that like fat next door neighbor who's like terrified of his children he's really really scared of his kids you know telling on him and i always think of that nowadays that right there would be i mean according to like the documents that i've seen it would be the reality that they'd be uh that they'd be looking for <laughs> for sure <laughs> So, so yeah, but that, that is very interesting because, so I'll just use an example. Um, and this, this goes back like old, like world war one, but this was just the example of something that my grandma and great grandma in Sicily went through. So my great grandpa died in world war one. Right. So I have my great grandma and she's got all the kids, including my grandmother. And in Sicily, women were not allowed to work. 
So that family started to actually starve. Um, and my grandma got sent to the United States where apparently women and children were working because she came over here when she was 14 years old and worked in a dress factory in New York um, and started sending money back to Sicily because they because she couldn't work. So like my grandma had to come to the United States in order to get them money. So like in a situation like that, I that totally makes sense. Like if the man who was providing the money um and then the woman was raising humans you know that's a partnership right there but if if he dies it's like well they need money to eat right because like you know you can it, it's complicated but so that shit makes sense to me but um that's not where it is right now and i don't think that that's you know we're not like in a time where you know all the men in our country have been drafted into a war like you guys yeah. are here so so or, it's a little or, bit different. Yeah, I mean, the way that they've structured the economy, and you know all about this stuff because you're into it, you know, it's starting in 1913 with the, with the Federal Reserve and then up mm -hmm. to 1971 when we go off the gold standard and stuff like that and just allowing this in, immense inflation to occur. Like, there's no way that a normal, you know, nuclear family barely ever can have one, one parent stay at home Oh, no way. Time. Yeah. I mean, it's even hard when both parents are working, depending on what their jobs are. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's nuts now because yeah, you did used to, so, I mean, so I've been told you did used to be able to uh, raise a family with on, on a single income. I know I understand that was a long time ago, but it's like nuts that now even people with two incomes are struggling to do it. Um, and that, that also can be a deterrent for, for women, like in my age group to have kids. Like that was yeah. like, for, for me, I always remember from a young age, actually never wanting them. Um, there was a time in my life where I was in, I, you know, I was engaged to this person. Um, and it was a very, very long-term relationship, very serious relationship. That was the one time where it, we were actually planning on having kids. And I was very young actually, when we made that decision like I was still a teenager when we decided that that's what we were going to do but um you know that didn't work out and he actually he passed away which um you know that is what it is but since since him I also have not really been hell-bent on it and there's reasons for that um but if I was in the right relationship and it happened would I yeah I would but um, that can be a deterrent as well um, is like you look at how expensive life is. And I, I've even had that go through my head of like, how would I possibly be able to give even with me and the dude working like we're already struggling? How could we possibly afford to have children? Which, again, is like that might be another conversation entirely, actually. But that's also something that is is pretty tragic. Um, that it is tragic. Think about. Yeah. But like you said, like how you look, you've been looking into so many different things. I think it's all, I think it's all related. And I think it's all on purpose. I think that, 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 and by the way, I hope that someday it does happen for you. Cause I think you'd be a really good mom, but um, I just, I think it's, I think it's put out there. I think making people not want to have families is, is the goal. And I haven't yeah. really uncovered why, yet besides you know like what we said earlier but it's just uh 
Yeah. And it's, it's hard. It's the hardest one for me because I fell for it. You know, I went, I've talked about this before on the show. Deborah knows all about it. Like, you know, I was um, 37, I think, right. You know, I got married late. I, I, I messed around for a bunch of my life and took a while to get, get situated again and become like a, a better person. But, you know, I met Deborah's daughter we were going to get married. And I went, I went and got my nuts cut off. I got a vasectomy before we got married. And it's like, luckily I have insurance and was able to get it reversed like years later, but yeah, I fell for the, for the thing hook, line and sinker. And it's, it's a bummer. And it's just, we were living in, in San Francisco at the time I was making good money, like a hundred thousand dollars a year. And in San Francisco at that point, it was like $105,000 was the poverty level (laughs) for a family of four, which is insane. Like you can get Section 8 housing if you make $104,000 a year in San Francisco. If you have a family Whoa. with four kids, with a, a husband, a wife, and two kids can get Section 8 if they make under $105,000. And still, even if you do make $105,000, you're like, it's that's going to be a that's going to be a tough go. Yeah. And um you know, like part of my my thinking besides like being a selfish person at the time and and was just like if I lived here, there's no way, like, I'm never going to own a house. I'm never going to do anything. You know, why should I have kids? There's going to, there's already bad traffic, just everything. And I think there's so much that goes into it. And yeah, it's just, it makes me sad that and Rachel Wilson talks about it all the time, how she wants, like, she wants little girls to be at school. And like, when the teacher asks her, what do you want to be when you grow up, have like mom be, I want to be a mom to be a standalone acceptable answer not like oh no but what do you want your job to be so mm-hmm. exactly and that right there ties back into the like get everybody into the workhorse or or you know slave force uh thing because yeah no that's not ex- like if a little girl went into school and said that they would be like no you failed or they she would get pressed and they would try to push that out of her um because yeah that sh- that should be allowed and, and the girl i'm actually doing this series with she, I mean, she's worked before, obviously, but she now is a stay-at-home mom with her two daughters and she homeschools them and her husband uh, works, but it's like, they're both working and contributing. They just are playing different roles. But if she wasn't able to, if she, if she wasn't able to like stay home and homeschool the kids, they'd be at the mercy of the public schools right now. And I'm not hearing great things coming out of those places. <laughs> no, so we can get into that next. But I think yeah. that um, despite all this talk about like how hard it is, even with two parents working, I mean, think of if, if two parents are working, what percentage of that, of the moms, let's just say it's normally maybe the, the, the woman makes a little less money. How much of that money that the mom makes is just for like, Day, daycare and stuff like that and it's like yeah. mm-hmm. if it, if I was in the situation it's really hard to say when you're not in the situation it's really easy to say when you're not in the situation but I would do everything so that one of us could stay home and maybe make do with a little bit less and like right now um it's hard you know we deal with this weird gender reversal role my wife and I like my wife goes out and makes the money and I stay home and like build the house and take care of the farm and the animals and stuff. And it's definitely, there's definitely like tension there because our, our roles are kind of backwards 
than than normal and so I totally totally get it and there's people that would probably call me you know like a cuck or something because I stay home and let my wife make money but it's not like I'm just sitting on the couch or anything so well yeah um, I mean you kind of if, if you're building a house like I mean I don't know with my body size I, I don't have the strength to build a house <laughs> like that's intense you're like doing construction at home so yeah that's I mean you're still working it's just you're not paying taxes and it's not like giving you Templar notes, but that's to me, that's still work. That's, that's still like, yeah, you're not like just doing nothing at all. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but yeah, but like, I remember when I quit, like I was making really good money. Like when I quit my job, like we had really good insurance, really uh, good, you know, but I hated my job. So it didn't make sense for me to stay because she does, she actually likes her job and does really well at it. She's really good. But, um, what um do you want to get into some of the transgender stuff have you looked into any of that and how it's uh how it's been promoted or what it's done to to these gender roles oh uh yeah so there's a few things i could go off of what because what it's doing to gender roles like that's the one there has been a time when i have gotten absolutely like furious beyond words uh with with some of the stuff that that we see um as far as like just just transgenderism like as a standalone thing by itself because obviously we see that being promoted post-covid but it would to my knowledge it was not prior and the reason why i say that is because i have multiple friends who have transitioned and it was absolute hell nobody was supporting them it wasn't even something that they could really be public about they had they were disowned by their families like you see suicide attempts with people in that situation like it was not something that was like all over the place and in people's internet bios like at all it was it was something that was really difficult for them and and so i saw them have that experience uh which is is very different from what i'm seeing today so I try to not like, like in someone's like individual situation, I don't, I don't ever really weigh in on that. However, I remember this is, this was a recent situation, what I'm about to share. Um, it's an individual that let's just say, I know this person, uh, this happened pretty recently. Uh, this person is quite a bit younger, meaning that they were in, they were likely a senior in high school when the pandemic, when like everything shut down, if I, if my math is correct. Uh, so they are much younger and, um, I didn't even ask them about this. They told me that they identified as non-binary and just based on what they had shared with me, it sounded like this individual, um, you know, he dates other men and, uh, he was, he was telling me about what, I guess he made a coming out of the closet joke to another guy. And then he started telling me about him. And or his experience or whatever, which was way different from anything I had ever heard. He told me um, that he heard a, somebody at school, like a teacher talking about it and explaining what, what I don't know if he meant um, being non-binary, being gay or, or, or transgenderism. I'm not sure which one he was referring to specifically, but he goes, yeah, I just heard them, them talk about it one day and was like, oh yeah, that's me. And then like, that's what it was. And it just switched. So I'm just like, that's where it gets a little bit dicey because I do know like dead ass situations where that is someone's experience. And I would never weigh in on it. Cause I, I have not had that experience. So I don't know fuck all about it. 
But then when I hear somebody say, oh, someone at school told me about it. And I was like, oh, cool. That's me. That's when I'm like, that's a little bit different from anything I've ever heard. And I know that it is you know, we see like, you know, drag queens being told to go like twerk in front of like kindergartners and shit. Like I've seen the video of it. It's not even, I'm not, you know, you guys already know that shit, but I've seen videos of it. And I'm just like, when, when did that become a, a, a necessary thing? Cause we weren't even talking to children that young about any type of sexuality, um, a few years ago, like none at all. Like sexuality was not part of like kindergarten story time uh, ever and yeah. now and now we're seeing what we're seeing so i i mean shit like i would not I, I all i'm saying is i would never fucking let my if i had kids i would never ever expose them to that just because i think that you need to be yeah, a they, little older to be able yeah. to discern what's going on um i don't think that that kids need to have um that kind of shit pushed on them. And, and, you know, we don't need to intentionally confuse someone. People are all of a sudden assuming that every child is having a gender crisis. No, they're fucking not like that was never the, the, the majority. And, and if you push that on them, then you're going to end up creating that. And for people who truly do have that experience, it's not fucking pleasant. So like, why would we induce something that's, that's so di like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'm even making sense because I have a lot of opinions on different facets of it. So it's hard to make like general statements, I guess. Yeah. I just, just remember I was, you know, I think 13, like in definitely in, we called it junior high then before we had sex ed and the parents had to attend. It was not, you know, taught in the classroom. It was taught in, the school auditorium and you had to attend with one or both of your parents. And, you know, it's gone completely somewhere else these days. I mean, my kids were like maybe 10 when they had sex ed in the classroom. Um, yeah. That seems, I mean, not even that seems early. Well, it seems like, I, it seems like you should be taught how a baby is made around the time when your body could start making a baby. And to me, that'd be like eighth grade. But unfortunately, I mean, they're exposed to all this stuff all the time. So they know that, know. you know, there is some mystery about how babies are made and they're curious. Yeah. You know, because they've been exposed. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what the, what the, the best situation would be but i mean the the toothpaste is out of the tube these days with with technology and yeah. you know there's i mean how many how many people have no you know um locks on their family computer like it seems it's so crazy how easy it is to access pornography like it's 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 free yeah which is, that's... which is another whole op that could be a whole thing and we can get into the whole you know country that 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 produces that um you know that one might upset deborah too but it's just like i think that's that's a huge deal and i don't know what that, would upset me well who's uh responsible for the pornography who is the uh, israel so 
Really? It's all it's, yeah, it's a whole more people from Israel. But it's a whole different different show. Okay. But uh just so you know, that's what the that's what the bell means, Deborah. Okay. Uh, um, all right. <laughs> um but yeah, that and the just the I think like it just seems crazy that 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 people think that they need to teach little kids about it and like how all these there's a whole bunch of male kindergarten teachers now and stuff that just seems weird to me but oh i have to i have to stop you there because not emily but her sister had a male kindergarten teacher yeah i, I did too fabulous teacher ever fabulous fabulous person. fabulous no married man don't say that <laughs> but like you shouldn't even yeah i mean i, I had a kindergarten male kindergarten teacher too it was pretty uncommon though back in the day but i mean now that they're the amount of of gay men that are teaching little baby kids and like telling them about their husband and like people that that think that they're being you know um what's it called just being uh delegitimized because they're not allowed to talk to the kids about their sexuality and do you remember when they were talking about the i mean you watch cnn Deborah? do you remember when they were talking about in florida the don't say gay bill mm -hmm. do you know what that was don't say gay yeah like what does it sound like like oh you're not allowed to teach kids about about anything gay right that's what that's what it sounds like when you say that. That's what it gay. sounds like. Yeah. yeah, but but what it is is that it's like you can't teach kids that are under third grade about about sex. That's what it was. Uh -huh. It had yeah, nothing to do with with, well, with gayness. So at some point, Deborah, like, does it seem to you like this is being, for some reason, pushed upon children? Well, you know, there's so many different ways you can look at it. I mean, it, unfortunately, in today's world, people feel like it is important to teach their young toddlers where it's okay to touch and where it's but not. But that's not, that's not, that's obviously important to teach little kids that if they get touched in their special areas that they should tell somebody, but that's much, much different than, than, than transvestites reading the Berenstein Bears to your kids. Yeah, I don't see I don't see any purpose to having a why do you think why do you think it's so widespread then? I don't know. Does I don't it seem know. like it's a concerted effort to do something to the well to normalize, I guess. Yeah. It seems really really strange. I remember um you know uh up by us kind of by your other daughter is evergreen state mm -hmm. university mm -hmm. and that is like ground zero for wokeness what you would stereotypically refer to as being woke um that's where uh brett weinstein was the professor and there it's something wild like 40 percent of the the student body identifies as queer but we all know from the, from people that we've met in our past that queer can also mean that you're a white girl who has sex with white men, but you just feel a little queer or something like that. But it gets to the point where if you were just like a straight 
white kid up there and you tried to go like hang out with people, they would, you would be rejected for that sort of orientation. And so people are just like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm queer to fit in. Does that make sense? No, to, to deny who, whatever you are to fit into any. Well, but, but, but what if, what if you said, what if you were, people didn't want to be your friend because you're like a white person who was heterosexual? That's ridiculous. Well, I know it's ridiculous, Deborah, but don't you think that it would also affect people for like affect what people identified as so they could fit in better, especially when they're 19 years old and like away from home for the first time? I don't know. I, I, I guess it's happening. I mean, you're saying that 40% of the student body at this Evergreen school is. Yeah. And I, I think mean, that I think like like I think you would be appalled or like not appalled maybe but very very surprised at the amount of like 15 year old kids that would identify as being like transgender or queer or gay or whatever nowadays as opposed to what it was yeah when we were growing up and then you can go as far as to say like oh well it's a more accepting society and people are more openly out I would say that that's a minuscule fraction but it just seems uh, much more overrepresented, especially in urban areas. And so, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah, but I mean, what's the end goal? Is the end goal to, to promote transgenderism all the way till, I mean, if you're, if, you know, if you take hormones when you're a little kid, Deborah, you can't have kids, you know? Is that, could that be the goal? Sure. I mean, in my state, you can go get hormones without parental consent at 14 from Planned Parenthood. So a little girl can go and get on testosterone replacement therapy. Oh my God. That's kind of want to go Oregon right now. Yeah. I, I they... mean, the amount of states where it's, I mean, if, and, and then where you live, Deborah, what Gavin Newsom just did was he said that, that, California is a transgender sanctuary state. Mm -hmm. Do you know what that means? So say a kid is in, I'm just going to pick a state in the Midwest where I don't know what the rules are, but say, okay, say a kid in Texas wants to, this 14 years old kid, they probably have the same rules on when you can get TRT if you're a girl in, in California from Planned Parenthood. But um, say a kid, a little girl in Texas is like, oh, I'm trans. You know, my teacher told me I'm trans. I can't get the hormones I need to be who I am here. They can go to California, get, get their gender affir affirming hormones and surgeries and all that stuff. And nobody would be liable for that. You know, it's wild. It's it so is. crazy. And it, it, there's got to be something, something to it, you know, so, and then this, that's kind of what, when we talked way back about the, uh, when we had Pete Quinones on the show and we talked about the Weimar Republic in Germany, like they were, they were chopping people up and doing all that stuff. And that was the, that was the precursor to the end, you know, so it seems like we're close to that. Yeah, that's actually, um, 
I did hear about that about California. And I mean, I can't say that I was surprised, but it's, I mean, it's, it's to me, it is, it is so unbelievably dangerous to politicize the way that kids should be brought up. Um, because again, they're acting like this has been some like epidemic forever that kids need to have, you know, sex change surgeries or go on hormones or whatever, where that's, that's never, I mean, I'm not saying there haven't been kids that have, that have been transgender, but that's never been like as overwhelming of a number as they're making it seem like to where they're making policy around it now. And it's a legitimate like political talking point and voting point. That's, that's, that's nuts to me. And again, it's more evidence to me that like the parents are not involved as well as they should be. And it's, it's, I get it's hard in this day and age. Like people have access to TikTok, which is a hundred percent weaponized. People have access to social media. They have access to these Hollywood celebrities and the bullshit that they get paid to push out at people. And so it would be challenging to raise kids right now. But so it's like parents do need to be kind of more involved, I think. And, and when they're, you know, away or at work or have their own bullshit going on. A lot of times though, I think the the parents are the ones that are pushing it. Oh no. Are you what? I think a lot of the times. Yeah. I think that's where the kids get the ideas from. Okay. So, all right. That's another thing to look into. My wife, my wife, has a uh had a client or work who knew some people a married couple who are uh both in the gender studies department at portland state university and like magically they both they had two pre five-year-old children and they were both transgender like imagine that like you know that's a coincidence conspiracy or just a coincidence yeah that's definitely not a coincidence that's uh my god so and, and then I can remember um, a friend of my younger daughters who had a younger brother. So he was like, maybe this was, Avery was really young. So this little boy was, you know, three, four or five. And I knew him up through like four or five years, you know, up till when he was like seven or eight, something like that. And he wanted to wear dresses all the time. And he wanted to wear lipstick all the time. And he wanted to wear nail polish all the time. And now he's married with children and and everything's great. You know, but at that age, that's what he wanted to do. Yeah. And his parents allowed it and just figured, you know. Yeah. Did he have like an older, he probably had an older sister. He had an older or sister. That he thought yeah. was cool. You know, yeah. my, my older sister used to put barrettes in my hair when I was a little three-year-old uh-huh. and I thought but, it was you know that's great because that's what she did innocent fun you know, <laughs> I actually used I had a- hair until I was about 14 then it all fell out but <laughs> yeah that's I think um, one. yeah I think uh there's a lot of nefarious stuff to the transgender thing and and just like I think that like Deborah, I've seen you talk about things before where you thought that there was a war on women i think that like i think that's the war on women i think transgenderism i think having like and it's just it seems almost like disrespectful like oh it is disrespectful but it just seems like the way that 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 like drag queens or transgender people act to pretend to be women is like taking Mm -hmm. on like the most um it's a caricature it's it's cartoon character yeah yeah that that's that's when what i was referring to when i because it it never bothered me like it's one thing when people get kids involved because i'm like yo dude like 
uh, I, I, I'm like, no kid is fucking old enough to make a, a life changing decision like that. Like, can we leave them the fuck alone? But that's a different story. But the one time that I've ever gotten, you know, really, really fucking mad is uh, when when it it went from because like, I don't give a shit how somebody sexually identifies as their business. But when it when it crossed a line of uh, I, I know who the person is, is it, I don't know how he became a celebrity or whatever. He went to the White House and I guess his name's Dylan or some shit. He was like Dylan Mulvaney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like Ulta Beauty's thing. And they were. They interviewed a, a a dude on what it's like to be in girlhood. And I'm like, you motherfucker. Like, so you're saying that, that men who pretend to be women are getting more respect and accolades for pretending to be women than actual fucking women. That pisses me off, like to no end. And then he made some comment on Twitter and, and a bunch of them did actually, where they were like, yeah, sorry, ladies, but uh, men are better at everything, including being women. And I'm yes. like, oh, that's when you, that's when, that's when uh, I get crazy is it was when men start talking to me like that. Um, Cause you think you can dress up like me, like I'm a fucking Halloween costume and then start speaking for me. Like what the fuck is wrong with you? Or they'll post on Twitter. Like I'm having period cramps for my first time. Oh my God. <laughs> What the fuck? You don't have ovaries. Are you fucking out of your mind? And then it went really well, far, dude, with that magazine cover where he's holding a baby that is not his. He is naked. It's he still is a dude. He still has a dick. Like, and it's someone's baby. And the baby looks fucking terrified. But he has like a wig on and it's curled and makeup. And well, that's supposed to be an example of motherhood. Like the dude has like hairy ass man legs. Like, what the fuck is this shit? So that's when I'm like, who who gave him that baby? Like, whose baby is that? First off, because you have problems. And second off, what the fuck? But I was talking to one of my friends and I'm like, when when I see dudes coming into women's sports like MMA and beating the fuck out of them, I don't take kindly to that shit at all. Like the whole reason why I started fighting MMA is because I didn't like getting the shit kicked out of me by men because I've had that happen. So now you want to put men in MMA? I don't fucking think so. That there have been problems with men who get arrested. They're going to prison. This is California, of course. And they identify, they say, I identify as a woman. They're like, cool. They put a man in a woman's prison and now all the women are getting raped and pregnant. That like literally was in the news, but it died real quick because it's not the agenda. So that makes me furious as well. Yeah, if, I mean, if I, if, Deborah, I'll tell you straight up, if I'm ever going to prison, I'm, I'm a woman, you know, so. <laughs> Yeah, I mean um, that's that's like insane to me. Yeah, it's it's, it's like you know if 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 people want if if somebody is transgender or what the fuck ever, cool, do that. But like leave kids alone and also like don't beat the shit out of women or use it as an excuse to rape women. And if we can't trust people to not use that as an excuse of what if there 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 are legit fucking sex offenders that aren't even transgender, but they. Can just dress up like a woman and say i identify as a woman i get to go into the women's bathroom then they go in there and you know there's a little girl in there like i know people that that's fucking happened too so i'm not like even you know pontificating here like that has fucking happened so that's what got me really furious and and a lot of women as well is is we're just like what the fuck like no this is when it comes to certain things, a line does need to be drawn. And I get that somebody in their mind and emotions can feel that they're not the gender they were born as. And that speaks more to a problem of societal 
constructs of what that gender is rather than like what parts you fucking have. That's probably what's fucking with them is they identify more with the opposite gender's social construct. So they change their physical anatomy to match it, which, you know, that's a whole fucking hornet's nest in itself. And I, I it's like, okay, we get that. But when it comes to like something like, you know, other people's children or the safety of women who biologically are not as strong as men. And, you know, you're dealing with incidents where actual women are being assaulted or beaten up or harmed. Same thing with children. Somebody's got to draw a fucking line and be like, I get that's your reality in your head, bro, but that's not the physical reality. So there has to be like at some point this shit has to stop. Like, are we going to endanger women and children in this name of inclusivity and equality? Because like, what, what the fuck? Like, you don't see women going and trying to get into the fucking NFL that because yeah, it's, the, it's, the, it's strange how it only goes one way. Yeah. And I'm like, is, is that not a little bit fucking creepy? Like it, it's, it's infuriating to me that, a, that a man can just dress up in a wig and all of a sudden you might be woman of the year on Vogue. I don't know. It's yeah. happened before. So, but it's, it, that's just nuts. I'm like, that's, that's so disrespectful to women. So I'm like, are you trying to erase women? Like from both sides, like the femininity is getting snatched up by dudes pretending to be women or who think they're women. And then the other side is getting robbed from them because us as women, and I will testify to this shit because this was my experience. We are, we receive messages through various ways that the way to be physically safe in the world and physically secure, financially secure, all the things is that we do have to take on these more mass, traditionally masculine roles. And I was told that from the fucking jump. I was never, ever, ever told you get to grow up and be a mommy. No, it was, you grow up, you get a high paying job, you go to college, you have to have a good career, you have to make money. It was all of the stuff that's typically told to dudes. And that is kind of the world that we, that we live in. And so like it, I mean, it, like it's even an issue for women to even figure out, well, what really is femininity? Cause we have to figure that shit out ourselves you know what i mean like well, i'm not going to listen to some fucking dude tell me what it is i'm like do you even know what being masculine is because half the time they have no, no idea either less, which is I, another problem way less than half so yeah i think uh, <laughs> i won't i won't uh, mansplain it to you i guess but i i think it's just yeah that <laughs> everything that that that's being put out there right now that uh, that is being told to women that makes them feminine is is traditionally been a a male characteristic you know going out oh, yeah we're not job. even told what femininity is or being feminine is at all because the message mm -hmm. that i got and there there are multiple reasons for this some of them are a little bit more dark than others right but the message that i always got and and my experience unfortunately did show this is if you are more like show more of like a softness or like a caring or emotional side to you you are going to become prey and get taken advantage of and bad things will happen to you I hate to say it, but that is, that was my experience. And until I became very aggressive and only associated with other males that were also aggressive. So like, I didn't even have female friends until I was in my twenties, like uh, growing up, I was like raised around dudes. Um, you know, that like the, I, I didn't stop with, you know, as far as like being sexually assaulted or physically assaulted or 
even bullying, like that didn't go away until I learned how to essentially behave like a dude. And I learned it from other dudes. It worked for them. Dudes were scared of them. So I hung out with them. I acted like them. You know what I mean? I never once thought I was a man, but I just was like, well, if that's the way to not get, you know, physically harmed. And if that's how I have to behave to get respect in this world, then that's what I have to do. So it's like, you become afraid of, of being that person. And I know that there's a lot of men out there that say they want that, but then when you show that they wind up like taking advantage of it, or if they see you cry, they're like, they they'll make fun of you or just be like, Oh my, you know what? And I'm like, well, wh like, what the fuck do you actually really want then? And that's a whole nother conversation. Cause that's not all men, but that's like a certain subsect of them. Cause uh, it's become trendy to be very hypocritical on, on both sides. But it is, it is weird because I've had to examine my own upbringing and my own programming and also my own experiences. And the experiences are very valid, but also it is kind of telling of what is coming down the line and what people are projecting onto their kids when, you know, little kids, it's like, let them have a fucking childhood. Why are they having to figure out what they're going to be when they grow up when they're in fucking yeah. kindergarten? Yeah. Like, why do we have to figure out how much money we're going to make? you know, that early, like, what the fuck? That's crazy. Like it was immediately, what job are you going to have? What are you going to do? What are you going to be? You need a career and don't have any kids until you're rich and don't trust men because they're going to fuck you over. So sign a prenup and all this bull, you know, it was just, I mean, that that's, that's, that's what myself and a lot of other people were told. So, and then you do have the, also the also valid experience of what happens when you are trusting or, sensitive or more a little more soft is this society does uh as a collective view that as easy target i'm gonna manipulate you rob ro steal from you uh abuse you because i had a bad day and i know you won't fight back or you know assault you rape you stalk you whatever i've been i dealt with all that shit so that's not a manufactured fear so there's got to be some kind of fucking middle ground you know what i mean because that mm. energy that feminine, that, that stereotypically feminine, because both, everybody has a balance of both in them or, or an imbalance, whatever, but that, that feminine energy is necessary. I mean, and we need to be able to, I mean, I want to be able to express that shit too. I know that I, I enjoy being in that energy. And then there are, you know, girls who reach a certain age and decide it's more attractive to be dumb. Oh you know? God, that is so heartbreaking when I see that shit. Cause I'm just like, yo, like they're just doing that to like appease mm -hmm. the type of men out there that, that only are attracted to, I guess, idiot wallflowers or whatever. And then they think that their whole purpose in life is to just look pretty and sit there. And that's, that's fucking heartbreaking. Cause it's it like, no, you're a person with opinions, dude. Like, no. So that's, that's why I think there's so much intense uh polarization right now is because there's been an imbalance so then with any imbalance you pull a rubber band back far enough it's going to shoot really far in the other fucking direction and we're just on this seesaw and i think people are trying to just find some stability and some sanity in this fucking crazed hive that we're all living in so it's I don't know, dude. I just, um, I think that people need to, we all need to figure out kind of like, you know, who are we really underneath what society was, was telling us, you know, since jump and also like create a society where it is safe for women to be more feminine and more soft and loving and nurturing without worrying that they're going to be a victim of an assault. And we should have a society where like, 
I can't speak on masculinity. I'm not a dude. So like, I'm not going to, you know, cross that line, but, but where, you know, a lot of men that I've spoken to have shared very real stories that are really fucked up. Um, and it's a shame that they've had to deal with that as well, because they basically, a lot of men say that they, they get treated like, um, like they're the bad guy or like they're a predator or like they're violent when they have zero behavior that have ever made someone think that, but they just get like shit thrown at them and it makes them just kind of want to withdraw. Cause they're like, why the fuck am I being attacked? Like just for being a dude, like all of a sudden I'm a threat. I haven't even done anything. And like, that's fucked up too. So I I'm trying to, you know, see how, how it's going to, it's going to take a lot of us, like no one person can do it, but there's gotta be a reckon, some sort of balancing and reconciliation so we can start working together again and, you know, live in some sort of sanity. Cause I, I really don't believe that people are in their heart of hearts happy with the way that shit is. Like, I just, I don't see that in people even if they're getting their way, I, like what I see from them typically is always angry, hysterical outbursts. That's not the marker of a happy person. Right. Right. Uh-oh, we can't hear you, Adam. I think, um, you know, there's a lot to be said for traditional roles in society and that the way that they're just being broken down and, and perverted and all that. And I think, you know, I think women should be allowed to be be feminine and i think that the, the answer to that is to have strong men around that can that are supposed to protect them and and i think that that's being demonized that, in society yeah. and uh i think uh, i heard vin we'll get you out of here pretty quick but i heard vin armani say this uh quote the other day and it was really really profound to me he said it and talking about kind of in a religious way but he said um tradition is the solution for problems that we don't know exist yet hmm. so that that meant a lot to me so and there is also you know i i forget who we were talking with adam uh but talking about the women's movement and how one of the things that that really managed to do very well was to emasculate men yeah definitely and uh yeah, I think we're just going going farther and farther down that road. So where is that? Um, like I'm just trying to figure out where the fuck is the demonization of protective men coming from? Like, am I just not following the right people? I'm trying to figure that out because I hear that all the time. But I'm like, I cannot express enough how much both myself and other women that I know like want that in a man like like i will i will straight up not even be involved with a dude if he if he has no protective instincts i'm not saying i want him to be a violent person but he should be capable of that like the world is fucking nuts like we do need men in that role and like sorry if some of them don't want to be that way you know like whatever but it is really hard being a single woman who is navigating this world it's like you know, you, you, you kind of, that's why we all have to fucking carry weapons and shit. And even then it's, it's still tough because in certain States you'll still go to prison for using that weapon if you have to. Um, yeah. So I know what it's like to, to be both a child and an adult, but be in situations where like, if there was a man around that would have stopped that, like some, they could have thwarted a very traumatic scenario, but that wasn't the case. So I'm like, who the fuck is putting out this shit that is, in making men feel like 
that, that like they shouldn't be that way. Like I want to fucking know because I I'm not I'm not I know it's there. I'm just wondering where it's coming from because I don't follow a lot of um I don't follow things that are insane to me. <laughs> so I'm just trying to figure out where to look because I'm like yeah. who is doing this? I think a good place to start. I forget how you do it. There's a way that you can go in and do like searches of media by year. You can like type in like you could type in toxic masculinity and you can, okay. I think Google has like analytics that'll do it. I'll find out. I was listening to, they were talking about it on no agenda. They do it. Like they talk about you, you type in like racism and the New York times, like never, ever talked about racism. And then in like 2011, like you can see like the graph go like to the moon where they're talking about like racism and, and all this stuff like that. And that's where you see these keywords so you could look up like toxic masculinity or like things like that and see where it came into the lexicon who brought it in and where all that stuff's coming from i mean we know or i mean you're talking about the bilderberg group and and davos and all this stuff like that world economic forum all these things all these ngos are the ones that think tanks and stuff that bring this stuff to the to the forefront and put it out there and it's like it's just you know it's like you you just you can do it by watching Fox or CNN or any cable news. I like, can just see like, and you'll, you'll hear the NPCs in your life. Just say keywords, just say words that happen on TV, you know? And I think going back and, and figuring out when that stuff all came in and it's so many, it's so many dots that you have to connect. And I don't yeah. think, I, I really think you should get out there and get your podcast going. I don't think you're ever going to like uncover, get to the perfect point just like uh, having babies. I don't think anybody's ever going to be like perfectly prepared. I think it just, you got to get out there and do it and start connecting those dots and, and, and more will be revealed. And I think it's a never ending, you know, thread that you got to keep pulling, but I think it goes back a long, long ways. And yeah. I think it would probably lead you to some deep, dark corners of, of the world. Yeah, I think, yeah, you might be right about that. Like, at least just get the, because we're not trying to do this in one episode. I have a feeling it's going to be like multiple. So at least get like the first episode out there because I am trying to get more feedback from people. I don't care what their opinions are. I just want like a sample size to be like, what's on everybody's mind or whatever. So maybe that'll get more people to want to participate in a conversation because when I post about it on social media, a few people will comment and it'll show me how many people like saw it. And some people will even send an emoji. I'm like, that's not what the fuck I asked, but it's <laughs> like, everybody's watching it, but they just won't say what their opinion is. And I'm like, fucking why? Like, why the fuck are you all just watching it, but not saying shit? Like, I see you motherfucker. I know you're looking at it. Like what the fuck? So Maybe more people will once we start putting it out there. But so, yeah, we're just going to we'll probably just start like once I'm back um, on the mainland or whatever. If I even get to leave, we'll see what happens with the weather. But but yeah, you're, you're probably right. It's probably just something that needs to get thrown out there and we'll just take it for how it unfolds. But yeah, it's it is unbelievably fucking complicated and there's no way we're going to we're going to get it all done and one swing and we might not at all but at least we can we can do something yeah it's just so huge it's just so all-encompassing there's yeah. so many so much to it yeah it's uh yeah it's all so different and so related at the same time it's uh yeah it's a it's a bit of an undertaking so deborah any final thoughts 
just that we're all humans. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 we shouldn't be pushing people to young people to decide what their future is when they're toddlers. Yeah. I think uh, there's a lot of people who would identify with you on a lot of politics that feel the same way, but are, but are scared to say that or don't even, I think, you know, through doing the show with you, what I've found out the most is that like a lot of the time you don't even know what the hell is happening. It's just weirdos like me that pay attention way too much to <laughs> stuff like this that know, you know? So I think, I think most people, even if they are Democrats, middle of the road Democrats don't want little children being sexualized, you know? So. Amen. Tess, you want to tell everybody uh, where to find you and how to support you? Yes. Uh, so I go by Testamona on all platforms. I am a singer, lyricist, rapper. I make everything from blues to dark trap to lo-fi and R&B. Uh, that's my primary gig, but I'm also a writer and a podcaster. So my podcast is called The Great Silencing with Testimona. You can find that on every single podcast streaming platform. I am also on Rumble now because my shit was getting censored on YouTube for misinformation, which it fucking was true. But you know how those fucking people are. Yeah, we, so, got, we, um, got, uh, we got nuked off there a couple months ago. <laughs> oh, did you really? Yeah, yeah, I was. Dude, I was so pissed. Oh, my God. But it's to be expected. So, um, so yeah, if you guys want to find me um, on all social media, it's at Testamona, T-E-S-S-T-A-M-O-N-A. On Instagram, I also have a podcast account. It's at The Great Silencing. On Telegram, I got a chat there. It's The Great Silencing Uncensored. You can also go to www.testimona.com for the blog, the podcast, and the music, and the merch store. I also sell, aside from clothing, uh, concealed knives, which are very fucking dope. So check that shit out before they run out. Um, or you can go to Linktree slash Testimona, and I'm also there. So yeah, okay. that is where you can find me. Cool. I'll put uh, I'll put your link tree in the show notes. And uh, yeah, as always, it was rad talking to you. Thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. And um, I hope you get to Hawaii and have a fantastic yeah. uh, holiday, holiday season this year. Yeah, you guys too. I hope you make it to California. All right. Thank you. <laughs> um, we'll talk soon. All right. All right. Talk soon. Hey. Bye, you guys. Bye. Bye.